0: You're listening to PK Pods, insights and advice to navigate today's workplace. PK Pods is presented by Pro Knowledge LLC, a professional development training and consulting firm based in upstate New York, and features expertise from performance consultant Elaine Angelo, a human resources professional with over 25 years of experience. Now let's get into today's topic.
1: Welcome to PK Pods. I'm Kathleen Pingelski, owner of Pro Knowledge Training and Consulting, and with me again is Elaine Angelo, one of our performance consultants. Elaine, with so much of the labor force uh, working remotely, uh, employers really have have to and have had to uh, rethink their usage of bricks and mortar office space. Uh, some are choosing to allow or mandate remote work for some or maybe even all of their positions. It really has provided a unique challenge for those of us who are are kind of used to welcoming employees in person. We introduce them to the organization, uh, both practices, system, culture, people, you know, everything. Uh, how do we make sure that the remote employee who isn't going to be, you know, toured through this is the supply room and et cetera, et cetera, as you go through there, taken to lunch, go on a tour, um, get a real understanding of our culture so they feel part of our company and their team?
2: Yeah, that's uh, you're right. That is the question that's facing a lot of organizations, and what they used to do just isn't gonna isn't gonna fit. Uh, you know, bringing uh, you know we used to, we'd bring people in and we'd do the paperwork and we'd this and we'd that. You have to you have to rethink that in a virtual world because you're not having the benefit of them interacting with people sitting at a desk, being able able to you know talk to the person next to them, and that's not there. And I want you to think of I always think I I hate day one of any job, how lonely that can be. First of all, you've just made this huge leap of faith. You just left a company that you were maybe established in and comfortable with, et cetera. And for whatever reason you chose to leave. Right. And so now You make that leap of faith, you're starting day one with the new company, and you don't know much about them. Yeah, you can go on the internet, you can, you know, maybe talk to some people, you can look at something like Glassdoor and see some of the reviews about employees who work there, but you really don't know what it's going to be like. And so what we do know is that um, new employees turn over, meaning they choose to leave if they choose to leave within the first 90 days of employment. And so the way we onboard them is extremely important. How we welcome them, how we make them feel part of an organization and becoming an integral part of that organization is super key uh, to what we're doing. First thing I I would do is I would stay away. And I know this is hard for some organizations, but I would stay away from the one-on-one orientations. We have someone starting on Monday, so I'm gonna do a one-on-one orientation with them. No, because now it's just you and them, and the person who's doing the orientation is probably not the manager, it's probably someone from human resources, right? But that's not who I'm going to be working with closely. So what I'd want to do is I'd want to kind of spread out or schedule those orientations to be periodic. So maybe it's every other Monday I'm doing an orientation, right, or it's once a month. And so I'm accumulating a group of employees so that when I do hold an orientation, which is part of onboarding, it's not onboarding itself, but it's part of onboarding. When I do an orientation, there are more than one person, (laughs) right, in that group. There's multiple of people, and we're doing it virtually on a virtual platform, whether that's MS Teams or Adobe Connect or Zoom or all of the different virtual platforms, right, that are out there. Regardless of what your platform is, that there are multiple people who are on camera right? Their video is on, microphone is on, and we're all participating, and they're meeting other people who are making this new journey, right, with them. And so we also want to take away the paperwork, Uh, I I swear, when if organizations are still conducting orientations, and the first part of the orientation is, all right, here's your W-4, here's your I-9, here's your uh, emergency contact information, they should stop. Uh, That is the most boring piece in the world. And that is a a horrible way to start orientation. And yet a lot of organizations still do that. So send that whole welcome packet of paperwork way ahead of their orientation date. Let them complete it and send it back to you, right? Very simple. And then that way, you've already got that piece done. Now, some people might say, oh, well, I do all of that. And then what happens if they leave after day two? (laughs) Yes, that can happen. I would say it does not happen a majority of the time. But I think it's worth the effort to still have gotten their paperwork ahead of time. And, and if they don't end up staying and they end up leaving within you know, the first couple of days or they don't even show up for day one, right? They decide they don't wanna take the opportunity and they don't even contact you and they don't show up. Okay, so what? So you've got that paperwork, right? Just file it away, <laughs> file it away as you would in your secured files. But you know, I would still chalk that up to at least we're not gonna be doing it during orientation. I wanna wow them. All right, I want to use guest speakers. I want to use subject matter experts. If I'm working for a retail establishment, I do not want to do loss and prevention. Okay, that is not my forte as an HR practitioner or the person conducting the orientation. I want to get the person who's a, a, a subject matter expert in loss and prevention. Uh, you know, the same thing for emergency evacuation. If you have a safety officer, or you have someone who covers that type of stuff in your organization. That's who I want them to be. Uh, that's who I want to have have that conversation with these new hires, so they're getting the best possible information. And it also allows, in this virtual world. It's very easy for guest speakers to log in and log out of an ongoing virtual platform presentation, right? Very simple. Um, and it, it's very conducive to it as well. Um, I'm gonna take regular breaks because I may have them. Literally this virtual presentation may be a half a day. It may be all day, just as if we were in person together. So if I want you to think about this, is just because you are going from in-person to virtual, a lot of times we'll say, oh, people can't be on. Well, if they were gonna sit in a room for a day, they could also be on a virtual platform for a day. The key is in a virtual platform, you've got to make things interesting uh, you know, and, and keep people and you have to give them frequent breaks. And usually the standard is usually anywhere from five to 10 minutes for every hour uh, that you have them scheduled for, for that particular orientation. Let's talk a little bit now about, so, okay, you don't want to bore them. So what are you gonna put in that presentation that introduces them to the organization and its mission and culture and everything they need to know to be a part uh, of this new organization that they've just started with. Uh, First thing is I start with an icebreaker, a fun way for everybody in the orientation to introduce themselves, or sometimes I use a technique, it's called the interview, where I give them what I want to learn about each person and then i pair people up and i can do that in a virtual platform so long as it has like breakout rooms and that kind of thing where i can put people into the breakout rooms and i give them a list of things find out what their name is where they used to work what they're going to be doing in the new company and then maybe there's a fun question and maybe the fun question is something that has to do with the organization itself uh you know so if you work for Uh, you know, some retail operation that sells uh, clothing, for instance. Uh, What's their favorite, what's their favorite piece of clothing to wear? What's the thing they wear on the weekend when they want to be comfortable, right? That kind of thing. Something that may tie into the organization itself or something that's just fun. One of my favorite ones is who's your favorite superhero and why? okay um so you know something that's fun that reveals a little piece of that person but that might make people laugh or or you know uh be intrigued by that particular person and then once they've introduced uh i tell them right up front i have created a trivia Contest about our company, and from this point forward, everything you're going to hear about and learn, I want you to take in, take notes, etc. Uh, you will you will have probably some handouts you might have sent ahead of time that are takeaways for the orientation that gives them information. More than likely, employee handbook is one of those things, etc. But I'm going to let them know that they really need to pay attention. And this, especially, is important in the virtual world because later on at the end of the orientation, we're going to have a competition right, that is based on all the information that we'll be talking about during the orientation. So that usually makes people pay attention a little bit more. Uh, I may even say what the prize is, but if I don't have a big budget, it may not be a big prize. It might be a piece of logo wear from the company. Uh, it might be a $25 uh, you know, a gift card to some place or what have you. Uh, but I want to intrigue people from the beginning to pay attention, especially in a virtual environment. Um, I think then we move into some of the basics, right, but that are still important. What's the company's history? Where did it come from? What's it been through? Uh, What's its mission, its core values? I like this piece of the orientation to be conducted by a member of the senior management team. If I can get the owner, a founder, a CEO, or president to do it, I will. It's going to take them about 10 minutes I can provide all the information i want them to talk about Uh, i'll I'll share the slides with them ahead of time from the presentation but i feel that there's a real big impact when it comes from someone who is a leader within the organization to talk about the company where it's been where it's now and and some of its core values and mission Uh, and then i move into talking about what i call a product life cycle or service life cycle meaning where uh, what's where does things start in our company, right? Whatever our product or service is, here's the path it takes through the organization. And I find that to be important because the people who are sitting in the orientation can then identify based on their role, what department or function that they're in that is part of that life cycle. So I find that to be really, really important. Uh, like, so for instance, for us, it would be something like, um, you know, when a client is interested in a program that they want to have brought some education they want to have brought to their company how does that start where does it start how does it get from the point where someone contacts us to the day that we deliver the program to them right that's what we call product or service, uh service life cycle um, i talk about employee recognition i talk about any charitable or community involvement that we have uh, and most importantly, uh, because it's always a part of a, an organization's culture, and it is really important in today's world, as we've seen a heightened awareness about it, I want to talk about our harassment and non-discrimination policies. I want to do them, though, not like where I read them, the definitions and so forth. What I want to do is create scenarios that I can put them into that are relevant to our industry and our company and ask them, what do they think is going on here? Do you think it's harassment? If it is, what kind of harassment, et cetera? In other words, I want to make it come alive for them. Um, And then I want to do some kind of home office setup and ergonomics piece. Again, that I'm not... I may not be the subject matter expert for, who is, I'm gonna find that person in our organization and I'm gonna ask them to be a part of the orientation. It might be a video that they put together or that they already have, but it's something I want them to share because a lot of folks are working off the end of their kitchen table right now. And I think if they've been hired and they're expected to be working from home that they need a designated spot and they need to consider ergonomics, your couch is not an ergonomically correct place to be doing work or proper up in your bed, uh, you know, that kind of thing. So I want somebody to do a piece of that. And then we can do a tour, but it's going to be a virtual tour. Kind of like when you're looking for a new home and they have those virtual tour tours where they walk you through. You could do that on an iPhone, right? You could do it on any kind of smartphone where you walk through physically the areas of the organization and still do a virtual tour with a voiceover and everything. And you could do that relatively inexpensively too. And then I'm going to finish up uh, with that trivia, right? I'm going to the trivia game. I can either purchase some type of what they call gamification, uh, some kind of gaming tool and insert our questions and everything to it. Or I have created a Jeopardy like program at a couple of places that I've worked uh, that just where I'm, I'm taking and there's categories. It might be company history. Uh, it might be safety and ergonomics. It might be and I create categories and then I ask some questions. And I tally up and people can use their virtual reactions to, boom, give me the thumbs up when I ask a question and the first person with their thumb up, I ask them for the answer. If They don't give it to me, I move on to the next person. So it's about creating a fun aspect to enjoying and welcoming Uh, new individuals to the company and making them feel a part of it so that they're jazzed at the end of the orientation rather than, gosh, what's going to happen next? Uh, And then last thing I like to do is whether that prize gets sent to them Um, I also want to have as part of this is, I like to give them something, a lot of companies do this, it could be the water bottle, the mug, the t shirt, the whatever that has some logo where the logo of the company, and let them know that they'll be receiving a shipment or a package, you know, any day now, so that they feel part of it too. In other words, there's no reason why that orientation needs to be any different than it was even though we can't do it in person. Uh, But it's really about people who are isolated by themselves feeling part of a larger thing. Right.
1: Yeah, those are those are great um, tips and and content for us to make it engaging right and to get them uh, excited. I know we've sat all sat through some pretty dry orientation sessions over the years, even in person or remote, but um, everything you mentioned about keeping it interesting, bringing in different voices and expertise, and drawing the the new employee into what the company does and who they are. Uh, Onboarding uh, isn't just an engaging orientation program, right? I mean, there's more to it, I'm assuming.
2: There is. There is. And a lot of times people uh, confuse those two terms. They think that they did an orientation program. And so the employee is now onboarded. Onboarding is a mall <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Boom, boom. We're good. Check the box. Let's go. Uh, no. Uh, orientation is just the initial program that introduces uh, the employee and, and frankly, makes them glad they made that leap of faith that they took the new job with this company, right? And so, but onboarding is a much larger scale thing, a larger umbrella, if you will. I told you a new employee's turnover, if they do turnover, they'll do it within the first 90 days. It's a feeling of belonging. It's a feeling of, oh, this is not what I thought it was going to be, right? So their entry into the team is really crucial. So now from a manager's standpoint, it's about how do I welcome them how do I make them feel a part of the team, and how do I make them feel productive? Because giving them the binder to look at and read through for a couple of days—that is a fast way to disengage me as a new employee. That is not what I want. I want to—I want to hit the ground running. I, if you've hired me, I probably came with prior experiences, project work, etc. I'm a valuable member. Show me that, right? I don't mean throw me to the wolves, but like at least you know get me going in something, right? But as a manager, if you don't have or your organization does not have an onboarding checklist, that's something you might want to think about working with human resources to create. And You could create it, send it to them and say, hey, what do you think about this? And I think it should be kind of uniform for every business unit or functional area within the organization, because no one should feel like, oh, when I joined finance, I was welcomed. They had a, a checklist and we went through everything together and they welcomed me. But when... I was part of IT, that wasn't the case. I think every functional area should follow a similar onboarding checklist. There will be some things that are conducive to that area, specific, but otherwise they should kind of follow you know, a certain thing. The very first thing I'd wanna to talk to somebody about is here's what you're going to be doing. So we're talking about a training plan, right? And that training plan can take anywhere from two, three, four weeks out, but it should be very specific. All right. And there's plenty of templates out there you can find online or reach out to me. I'd be happy to send you one Um, is where you have a training plan that says over the next few weeks, whatever that period of time is. And that depends on the job, the complexity of the job, the complexity of the business unit. Right. As to how long they will be training, but it specifies what they'll be training with whom and what the outcome is supposed to be. You wanna sit with them one-on-one and talk about what are all the different communication norms that they can expect. We have team meetings. Here's how frequently we have them, Um, you know, and then send them the reoccurring meeting invite. Sometimes we forget about the most basic of things. Tell them you're going to be having one-on-ones with them, what the purpose of them are, what you talk about, the basic agenda. Uh, Again, send them that reoccurring invitation, decide what the frequency is with that individual. Uh, Tell them what your communication preferences are. Uh, Say that we are a team we do primarily a lot of our communication via email, or it's we do email but it's also okay I'm going to give you a, a communication or a contact list. It's also okay to do texting we do that right now in our virtual environment where maybe in person that wasn't the norm, right? But you've got to talk about what the norms are or what do we use the virtual platform? If you're on MS Teams, that's what we do a lot of our communication through. Make sure that when you start in the morning that or in the evening, whatever your shift is that you are showing that you are logged in so that people can communicate and ping you. Whatever the case might be, a communication is probably the most important piece of it. And then I get a little bit into my own style. Uh, I talk about time off or when you have to be when you have to leave early or you have to uh, be late arriving for your, your shift or whatever. What does that communication look like? How do I expect to receive it? And what my style is in general. Right. I'm mostly. I could say something like, I'm mostly a hands-off manager uh, until you show me otherwise. Um, I like to be cc'd on the following communications with the following clients, maybe or other business units. Um, I expect if you have an issue with someone on the team or someone from another team that you will attempt to self-resolve it yourself and then escalate to me if that doesn't work. I'm giving them all the ins and outs of what my expectations are instead of them finding out the hard way or being surprised by it. And then lastly, um, I assign them someone from the team who's not me (laughs) to be a team buddy, right? And I schedule a virtual introduction where it's the three of us and then I log off and I leave them together. And then that can be their conduit, the person they can ask some questions of that, you know, it's not the boss, so they don't feel, you know, like, oh, they don't think I'm getting it or whatever that they can use with this uh, with this individual to kind of bounce things off of and ask questions. And then I make sure That we have another at our next team meeting, and I might even want to up the schedule on this next team meeting. Is that I make a big deal about introducing this person, Uh, and that could be what I know about them, but also about them. And then I'd include some kind of team building question or whatever that I can get everybody talking about that is not just spotlighting this individual, but where they get to know about some of the other uh, members of the team. And I want to make sure that I am doing some spontaneous check ins, nothing scheduled where I just ping them and I go, hey, how are things going? Or I text them, how's your day going? Uh, How's week one? Maybe at the end of week one, i use kind of different uh, increments of time. Um, But that's really, I, I think what I need to do to make this person feel welcome, to increase and keep steady the contact that I have, that connection with them. It is very easy to lose veteran, seasoned employees this way in a virtual environment so imagine when someone doesn't know someone how lonely that can feel without the connection
1: makes perfect sense elaine so if i if i summarize it up the name of the game is uh planning and communication when it comes to new hires
2: absolutely Uh,
1: whether you're on site or remote Um, And especially when you're remote, it's easy for them to feel isolated since they don't know anybody, uh, they're working independently, um, you -hmm. know, it may be a concern about looking like they aren't getting it, uh, so to speak, if um, they reach out. And as employers and managers, I think it's important that we make an effort to stay connected with all those new hires until they appear like they're level of engagement during team meetings and one-on-ones you know they're they're integrated well with uh maybe our veteran team members um and and you know otherwise we tell ourselves we don't have the time or they'll fit in you know just let them go do their thing they're experienced uh, you know they'll 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 find their way and then we face the mistake (laughs) then well we face the possibility right of the They feel marginalized, disengaged, and ultimately they end up leaving. So now we're back in that cycle of we have to recruit, we have to interview, we have to hire and no one wants to be in that space once we uh, get somebody um, on the team that was a, a good hire from the beginning. So I appreciate your time today, Elaine. If you are interested in submitting a question or want to bounce an idea off of Elaine, she is available at her email, eangeloatpronowledgetraining.com. And uh, we hope to see you, hear you, listen to you soon. Take care.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode of PK Pods, presented by Pro Knowledge LLC. You can submit any follow-up questions you may have by visiting proknowledgetrainingcom forward slash and connect with ProKnowledge on LinkedIn and Facebook. Don't forget to subscribe, share, and leave a review. Until next time, we hope you continue to learn at the speed of need. This podcast is informational only and does not constitute legal advice please consult with legal counsel or your organization's Human Resources Department for guidance or further interpretation of any law, regulation, or policy.